0: Labor rates have gone up 30, 40, even 50%. So, of course, you know, those are difficult costs to pass on.
1: Hello and welcome to HIMS Cast. I'm Susan Morse, executive editor of Healthcare Finance News. I am talking today with Russ Richmond, who is Laudio's CEO and co founder. He's also a former physician a McKinsey Healthcare CEO, and a multi-time founder. Welcome, Russ. Thank you for speaking with us today.
0: Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: Well, we're talking about physician burnout. And as um, a former physician, of course, once you're a physician, I imagine you're always a physician. Can you talk about that, what you've seen, what you may have experienced?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think Burnout is an issue for physicians and also any healthcare personnel right now. Uh, there's a couple of issues. I mean, one issue is all the administrative work that surrounds healthcare now. Uh, physicians and nurses and managers in hospitals and all kinds of other personnel have found themselves to have double duty. One is delivering great care to the patient. And the second is to fill out all the forms and complete all the checklists and uh, you know things that an insurance company or a healthcare record or a billing record might require. And it's the amount of this that gets in the way of the care and also gets in the way of the caregiver feeling good about their job and moves them further away from why they went into healthcare in the first place, which is to care for people. So Uh, you know, that's one really big trend. And then second, of course, is the pressure around uh volume and speed. Um, you know, everyone is trying to do more with less. Healthcare costs have gone up dramatically. So not only physicians, but nurses, you know, uh housekeeping staff, uh, and everyone else that makes a health system or a physician's office work, their costs have gone up. They've gone up dramatically through the pandemic. What we've seen is that labor rates have gone up 30, 40, even 50%. So of course, you know, those are difficult costs to pass on. And the healthcare organizations have now asked, how can we get more work done with fewer people? Which means that caregivers now need to see more patients. They need to do more work. They don't have the time necessarily to connect personally. They've got to run people in and out of their office in 5, 10, or 15 minutes. Um, they've got to get to another patient room very quickly. And uh, and this also causes burnout because it's sheer work overload. Most caregivers that I know cannot get their work done within the day. And what that means is, is that they spend their days doing caregiving work and they cannot concurrently get all the administrative work done because they're having to see patients so quickly. And then they spend their evenings while they're at home with their families doing all the administrative work, uh, finishing out their notes, making the phone calls to connect to specialists, talk to colleagues, talk to families, filling out the billing record, uh, making sure that the uh, the coding is all done appropriately. All of that now falls outside of normal working hours for many caregivers. And it's those things in confluence that really create a, a perfect storm for burnout.
1: And they're not getting paid for this, I mean, when they go home and do this administrative work, they're not being reimbursed. Is that correct?
0: Of course not, because the thing that the healthcare organization is really seeing or observing is the quote productivity that's happening while they're seeing patients or while they're doing their caregiving work. And uh, you know, this all this extra stuff, it doesn't necessarily factor in to uh, how administrators think about the value of the care that's provided. So uh, while it's necessary and while it has to be done, it's undervalued and the extra time spent on it is rarely compensated.
1: And I know we could have a whole conversation of why positions for the most part are still being paid fee-for-service instead of value-based care. Maybe value-based care would help, but let's save that conversation for a little later if we can get to it. I want to back up about burnout because I know burnout has been an issue before COVID, but most of us, at least I, didn't really pick up on it until COVID really brought home what was happening within the healthcare system. But since the public health emergency ended in May, we have not seen a lessening of that. In fact, it seems to have gotten worse. So are things worse today than they were? Pre-pandemic, are you seeing light at the end of the tunnel, or are you seeing more of the same?
0: I think we're seeing a bunch of factors that add together that make it worse. Um, so during the pandemic, there was acute workforce shortages. Um, you know, it was the healthcare care force that was willing to put their lives at risk, go into the office as frontline workers. Uh, you know, interact with individuals that were very sick and could potentially also get the caregivers sick, and many of them also died. We should recognize that, but showed up every day through the pandemic, while the rest of us all went remote. And um, and I think right rightfully as a nation, we celebrated those caregivers because they were taking those risks. And um, and then as we've returned to normalcy, what we have is a shattered healthcare system. And those same caregivers showing up day in and day out still provide care for all of us. So when I say shattered healthcare system, what I mean is, you know, there was a wholesale turnover in the nursing workforce. Many of the experienced nurses resigned um, or did not want to work in the conditions required during the pandemic, and um, and as a result, you know, there's a lot of uh, less experienced staffers around supporting caregiving. Uh, the turnover of those caregivers is still very high. It's a little bit less than it was during the acute phase of the pandemic, but it's higher than it has historically ever been at you know somewhere between 20 and 30% per year. And there are now um, very part-time workers in the form of staff labor or contract laborers that are supplementing the workforce. And what this means is that you have individuals coming to work that aren't necessarily familiar with the systems the healthcare environment, uh, physical environment, and any one office or any one hospital that are supplementing that workforce. And they're, they're incredibly helpful to have there. And they're not nearly as helpful as a full-time employee would be that was there day in and day out. So all of the caregivers are now working in a chimeric situation where they have some full-time support around them that knows exactly what is going on, that's been embedded in that system for years, some workers that are new over the last couple of years because of the turnover and retention problems in healthcare, and some that may just be showing up that day to plug into work to put a button in a seat and to fill a necessary gap. And uh, you know, who bears the burden when that happens? I mean, first, patients, of course. And when patients are bearing the burden, of course, your caregivers then don't feel like they can do everything they can for them. And it's a more frustrating environment to work. So. I see a lot of this adding up to, um, to answer your question, to continuing some of the burnout crisis, not lessening it. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, people are flooding back to offices and hospitals now. You know, elective procedures are open. Uh, people aren't afraid of going to the doctor. Uh, they without care um, because they, they um, you know, they, they couldn't get that care during the acute phase of the pandemic. All of that now is slamming back into health systems. And so on the other side of the equation, you've got more volume. You've got more volume with a fractured care force that shattered post the pandemic, and that's why we're seeing burnout still continue.
1: Yeah. Um, excellent summary on that. Thank you. Uh, Hims 23 in April in <clears throat> in Chicago. Suddenly, AI is seen as this beacon that's going to solve a lot of these issues, a lot of it through automation. But I'm wondering if you can talk about that. What can AI do?
0: It's really interesting because AI really is a technology of a generation. I think it will change everything. Uh, Most folks, when they hear about AI in healthcare, they immediately go to the most sophisticated deployments of AI that are sort of along the lines of replacing a physician or some type of diagnostic capability. And honestly, that's the most complicated far-reaching and far-out implications of AI that I don't think will be manifest for even decades. Um, In the near term, it's all the easy stuff. It's all the administrative form filling and filling out of paperwork. It's all the uh, listening to conversations and uh, automatically prompting fills. It's all the staffing and um, arranging of schedules that can reduce the um, you know over shift work. It's all the predictive analytics that can predict who is uh, who is most subject to burnout, and who uh, we can then you know give extra attention to. It's these easier blocking and tackling mechanisms where AI is going to have the most immediate torque out of the box today. What we're seeing at Laudio is that the simplest administrative support around avoiding helping caregivers avoid having to go to multiple systems and giving them one screen, uh, helping to uh, craft a response um, to an email inquiry using a autofill technology <laughs> using generative AI helping think about some of the administrative work around, say, a performance review or things that they would have to spend extra time on, Uh, sorting signal from noise, looking at all of the data that's coursing through these systems, and helping prioritize what to pay attention to first. These are the things that uh, save the caregivers a lot of time. They they give them uh, confidence that they're not missing something. They give them more control in their daily lives so that then they can focus on the caregiving. It's these automations that, you know, seem very simplistic, but in aggregate can really fundamentally change a job are the early and correct, in our view, places to focus this wonderful new technology.
1: Um, what do you see for the future of this? I, I, when I say future, I mean this year, going into next year. When you talk to executives, what do they tell you they want most of all from AI? What do they want to do and what is your company doing to fulfill that?
0: Automation is huge. Uh, What they want is for humans to do the work that humans are really good at, caregiving, and for automation and technology to do the work that they don't want to do or that is mind-numbingly boring or is filling up all the evening hours for all these caregivers that they have to do extra on top of their jobs. These are the types of things that they want to see in terms of automation and ultimately in terms of time savings. How can we take work out of the system? If the future of work is automated, then we should be spending a lot less time on some of these simple administrative tasks that no one likes to do. Let's let the computer do that and let's allow then the caregivers to focus on real human connections. I mean, we have a point of view that large-scale change in the system is necessary. It is absolutely essential. The only way to get there is for many small human interactions, interactions from caregivers to their patients, interactions on the teams between the caregivers themselves. It's all of these human interactions that are going to move us forward into a new world. And the more we can enable those, the better. And that means getting the administrative stuff out of the way. That means having tools that allow these connections to happen more readily in a more personalized way and in a way that it is completely consistent with uh, with the human uh, caring element behind why everyone into care, caregiving or healthcare in the first place. Let's respark that joy. And that's what we're focused on.
1: My f- final question to you is, do you see this as uh, allowing physicians to spend time with their families at night instead of doing uh, the documentation and paperwork?
0: I sure hope so. I mean, my ultimately, I believe that all of this paperwork should be done automatically. And um, physicians who um, actually are not that skilled in paperwork, they're not trained to do it. They are probably overpaid to do it. They should rarely have to touch it uh, if we get this right. And then they can focus on the caregiving aspect and making sure that that human connection is there and forever will be at the center of our healthcare. No one wants uh, the automation and AI to do that part of it.
1: No. <laughs> Russ, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on Cast. Thanks for speaking with us.
0: Thank you, Susan. Good to meet you and good to be with you.